The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Hope you guys find yourself in here having had a good week and all of that. If we have not met before, my name is Caleb, as Pastor John had said, and it's my honor and privilege to get to serve as the youth pastor here at BCA. Now, oh, oh, thanks. Oh, thank you. I'm terrible at transitions after things like that. So thank you very much. I love what I get to do and I love the community that I am a part of along with my wife and all of those things. And today it's an honor to get to bring the word as we are continuing on in Psalm 23. Now, really quickly, I just wanted to take a quick moment because I don't want to let it pass by and just say one more time a big thank you for this community's generosity. Uh, Over the last couple of weeks and couple of months, we've had a lot of things that have been serving the kids and the families of our church through things like VBS, but also we just got back a couple weeks ago from summer camp and we had an amazing two weeks and your guys' generosity, the Next Gen Fund, helped make camp possible for 20 plus students who were able to come with us and all of those things. And so those students and those families would not be able to send them without your guys' generosity. We believe we're a church family. And that means when there are moments that people need help to be able to fill the gaps and that sort of a thing, we come around them and we say, we got your back. We're going to help make this possible. And you all helped make camp this year possible for so many students. And so your generosity and dollars and cents and things like that, they're not just money going into a bank. They're actually lives being invested into. And so thank you all for answering that call and taking time to be able to do that. Now, today... We have a chance in this part of our service to be able to gather and to dive into the Word of God. Whenever I have a chance to preach, sometimes it might seem like it's belaboring the point, but I want you to realize something. We do not gather to hear typical talks and motivational statements and things like that, but rather we are gathering believing that the Bible is the living Word of God, that it is not an ancient document that just has some moral truths within it and that sort of a thing, but rather God has things he wants to say to us today in the midst of what we are walking through, and he has things that he wants to encourage each and every one of us with. And so as I am taking time to talk today, I hope that you do not just hear the random thoughts of a 20-something-year-old, but rather you're able to take some time to hear what Jesus wants to speak to your spirit this morning and how he wants you to walk with him closer throughout this week. With that being said, let me pray for us and let's dive into the word together. Lord, we just thank you for today. 
God, we thank you for the blessing that it is that we are able to gather together and hear for those gathered in traditions and those who are joining us online that for each and every one of us, God, we have had a week that was behind us and we have a week that lays ahead. And so Lord, we just pray that you meet us in this moment and you help us to know how you are calling us to respond, to walk closer with you, God. And may you help us to realize that you are near to us in the midst of all we are going through, whether this week has been great or whether there has been many challenges happening. God, we thank you for today. Prepare our hearts, help me to get out of the way, and help your words to get into our spirits this morning. In your name, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. If you did not know, amen means so be it. So God, let's see what you have this morning. Now this whole summer, we've been going through a collection of talks, going through Psalm 23, which a lot of the time might be a chapter that you would look at and you would read through very quickly. I don't know about you guys, if you've ever done a Bible reading plan or maybe you're somebody where you've looked and said, I'm gonna read a chapter a day. Psalm 23 is a very powerful chapter, but sometimes it's that quick one where you're like, I got through it. I got to be able to do that today. But there's so much depth in the things we look past quickly most of the time. And in reality, this is a chapter that I think can be easy to overlook, and especially actually the section we're looking at today can be easy to overlook. It's actually a common thing that we end up reading and seeing, and we end up having common things become ones that we can pass over. Now, just to get our heads in the right space about this, common things do not mean they are unimportant. Now, for example, the dentist. It's very common. I don't know about you. When I drive throughout town and things like that, there, I feel like there's like 10 dentists in every single town and all of these things. I have a dentist appointment tomorrow morning. It is going to be a two-hour dentist appointment from like 7 a.m. to 9. I hope I wake up in time to make it to it. There's a chance I might miss it on purpose. But it is my first dentist appointment in nine years. It is uh, the collective groan. And for some of you in here, you're like, I haven't been to the dentist in like 15. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> now, here's the deal. The dentist is common. Like, if I, nobody's going to show up to a moment unless you're like, you really love your teeth. No one's going to show up and be like, I got a dentist appointment today. Like, it's just like pumps you up. You're excited or anything like that. No, most of the time it's so common, unless, unless you're one of the students and you're like, I want to just miss school. And it ends up being where you get to miss part of your day, that sort of a thing. It's so common, we overlook it. Like for me, I've overlooked it for nine some years. And honestly, my wife's been telling me for multiple years to go to the dentist. I just haven't. Once my mom stopped scheduling the appointments, I was like, ah, I think I'm okay. <laughs> but can I tell you tomorrow, I am either going to find out I was lucky or I'm going to find out I got some work that I got to do. You see, things that are common and that we overlook, there's a chance that we got through it and it was just kind of by happenstance. It's like, hey, you're all good. And I'd call that probably the grace of the Lord for me tomorrow, hopefully. But there is a reality that when we overlook common things, it can slowly create a degrading in an area of our lives. It can end up having consequences that we wish we could have known about much, much sooner. And so today, as we dive into Psalm 23 and we look at this closing verse, I hope for you that if it has been common, if it has been something you have overlooked most of the time or you've read it and thought, oh, it's a biblical thing to say, I hope today that just like me with the dentist tomorrow, you have a hard stop moment where you look and you say, how is this supposed to change me? How is this supposed to affect me? And God, how is this able to help build me up for your name's sake? So today, 
Let's read Psalm 23. It starts like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord. You see, today we're looking at that final verse, that final portion, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a statement. What a thing to think about and to ponder, but also what a thing for us to realize today. You see, this is a psalm of David. King David was a man who ended up being told was, af- was a man after God's own heart. Now, although David was the one who wrote this, this is something that applies for us and we can resonate with still today. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's such an audacious statement. It's one that we've normalized so much, but it is so audacious that God, like, like the God, the God that we believe created the universe, that wants to do life with us, that we will dwell in his presence forever. That we will be in the house of the Lord forever. I want to break this down even for like just our greater understanding. The word dwell, if you did not know, it's a verb. This is an English class today. It is a verb to remain for a time. So we will remain in the house of the Lord for a time. But how long is that time? Well, we got an adverb there. Forever. Which if you didn't know what forever means, for a limitless time. So we will remain in the house of the Lord for a limitless time. It's never ending. It is forever. It is from today forward. But this is the thing I don't think we always realize. When does that start then? It doesn't say it starts when you die. It doesn't say that it starts the day that this life is over. This is the reality of it forever starts now. That we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That we will be in his presence. That we will be where he resides. This is a massive reality that we could look, we could like take two hours to study. I was telling Jacob earlier. I said for this message, I was like, there's like an hour and a half version we could do. Don't worry. We're not doing that one today. And I was like, and then there's kind of like this really quick version we could do. I'm hoping that I found the middle for us today. Because there is so much to this that you can continue to look into. But for the sake of time, I really, I just have three things. I have three things that I hope will help you realize the depth of this common statement. That you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what are these things? Well, first, today we first must realize what you are. Realize what you are. You see, Jesus in his life, he has many things that he teaches and he talks about, but he ends up having a moment where he looks to his disciples in a moment of comfort and he speaks in John 16, 7 and says this, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. To break that down a bit, if you're new to church, you're new to faith, and new to Jesus, what he's talking about and goes on to explain is that he's going to send his Holy Spirit. 
that he sends his Holy Spirit to be with us, to dwell inside of us, that Jesus is looking to his disciples, especially, I don't know about you guys, and the youth hear about this oftentimes, because I think the things Jesus say, they matter so much. That if Jesus says it's good that he goes, whatever follows must be one of the most important things he wants us to realize. He looks at his disciples, his closest friends, and he says, in a moment of comfort, it's good I go. Why? Because I'm sending something better. So that I can be with you in and through all things. But how do we get there? How do we have the advocate? How do we have the Holy Spirit? Well, in Romans 10, 9 through 10, realize what you are. It says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That when God encounters us, when we meet with the Lord, and in our heart we say, God, there is something very real that has happened, and we speak with our mouth, we declare out of the depth of what he's done, he is Lord of my life. He is a God worth following. We are saved. And in 1 Corinthians 3.16, we're jumping around, but it tells us this. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? See, I want you to realize something today. For David, he was speaking to the reality of dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. But where has God chosen to make his house? He has chosen to look to you and me and say, I will be where I will be with them. Realize what you are. Realize what you are. Realize that you are not the sum total of your mistakes. Realize that you are not a screw-up who is waiting for heaven one day. Realize that you are valued, loved, treasured, that the God of the universe is pursued after you, and he didn't tell you that you have to chase after me. He said, I will step in and do life with you. Realize what you are. Because when you realize what you are and you end up reading that we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever, it almost should bring an overwhelming sense of God and you have chosen to reside with me. You have chosen to come and say you would do life with me. Realize what you are. Realize that the Lord goes in and through your lives with you. There's for some of you, and this is a great thing, when we gather in the church, it's a blessed moment. It's something that we're encouraged to do. Jesus encourages the church to gather, that we may worship and bring praise, that we can be encouraged, but it's also so that we can go out. Why? Because this is not the space that the Lord dwells, but rather he dwells in those who follow him. And so when we gather, even for some of you, actually I just need to say this today, for some of you as you guys have gone out and you've had friends and you've had people that you have wanted to be able to represent Jesus to, you have thought that the ultimate moment is just inviting them to church, which hey, if this is your first time, we're so glad you're here today. But I want to empower some of you to realize that you are carrying God with you. And so when you step out, you might say, I need them to meet a pastor. No, 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 Jesus placed you in their lives. They need to meet you. Realize what you are. Realize that God has walked with you and he loves you and he cares for you. All right, that's number one. Realize what you are. Number two, realize what you do. Realize what you do. If you are a house of the Lord, if the Lord is with you, if he's chosen to walk with you, what do you do? If you were to drive right now down to Seattle and you were to start to get down on I-5 where you're passing the Soto District, you would look over and you would end up seeing Lumen Field. 
And when you end up seeing Lumen Field, if you walk around it for even a moment, there's something that is very evident that a team plays there. It is very evident that the Seahawks play there. It is not something you have to second guess or question why, because they got banners of all the different players. They have banners of the championships that have been won and hopefully will be. They have all these different things that you look and you see the icons of the Seahawks. There is no doubt whose house it is. It's where the Seahawks play. So if we are a dwelling place of the Lord, what you do should make it undoubtable to those around you of who resides in you, of who is with you, that you're God's house, that God walks with you, that he is present in your life. Man, you might say, Caleb, this sounds really weird, but like this is the reality. People should see you and say, that person walks with God. They should see you and they should say, they have a different hope than this person. And the only difference is not that they're a better person. The only difference is that there's God with them. They've invited him into their journey. That is the reality. You see, Psalm 23 is not a passage that we pick and choose. It is not a passage that we pick and choose, but it is actually a reality we walk in when we look at every single piece and we say, I desire the totality of this. You want to be refreshed? You want to go by calm waters? Be with God. You want him to comfort you? Can I tell you the most comforting place then is to be with God? You want God to deliver you, be with God. You see, when we realize that we are in his presence, the fruit of that is unimaginable. So what you do matters. So like, what should we do? And I'm gonna be quick with this. What should we do? You should worship him. You might say, I, I, I will tell you this. Where is he at? Is Caleb Davis in here? Caleb's Davis in here. All right, I'm not gonna point him out or make him raise a hand. I remember... We were just talking about this the other day. When Caleb Davis was in seventh grade, we were at a worship night, and I'm behind him, just like we we're like lined up and all this stuff, and I'm worshiping. Caleb Davis turns around, and he looks at me, and he says, hey, Caleb, not everybody can sing. <laughs> and I just look back, and I say, but I can lift a joyful noise. And here's the deal. You might look, and you might say, hey, I can't sing very well. I know I'm off tune. I know I'm out of key. I know that if I got up here and I started to worship and sing a song to you, we'd have to have the altars ready to pray for your hearing to come back. And guess what? Glory of God would probably happen. But it's not what my gifting is, but God is worthy of my worship, so I'll look a fool for him if I have to. God is worthy of your worship, even if you feel like your worship is not worthy. You might look and you might say, well, what else should I do? Well, you should know him. And can I just tell you today, you can know him through his word. There are so many ways, but you might say, I haven't heard the voice of God. Can I just tell you to value his word, the Bible, this gift that he has given to us. If I told you that God wrote you a personal letter, I bet you'd read it. Can I just tell you he has? Know his word. You might say in here, you might say, Caleb, I'm not a reader. Well, I'm not saying like go read like Lord of the Rings and to have it where you're just like really into reading. I'm just saying know God. So you might say, well, I'm, I'm pretty slow at it. Hey, it's okay, take your time. I'm sure he's happy to be on the journey with you. But if you are his dwelling place, know him. Know him. Know his word. Spend time with him. Man, is God worth 10 minutes of your day? 
I would, I would think the answer is yes. Is he worth 10 minutes of you waking up early or before bed? And can I just be honest, like 10 minutes is not that much. But there's a reality for some of us, we need a starting point. And you would look and you would sit down and you might just sit there and you just might say, God, I don't know at all what to say, but I wanna thank you for all you're doing in my life. Can you just go ahead of me? And God, I just would like to sit here in your presence for 10 minutes. I think the God of the universe is worthy of that. I think that when you then are encountering people and they look and they say, what's your favorite part of the day? If you were to look and say, my 10 minutes I spend with God in the morning. Can I just tell you, that is representing something to them that is different than anything else they're hearing. Spend time with them. And man, talk about them for heaven's sake. And I mean that as a genuine statement for the sake of heaven to be full of the people that you know and love. Can you talk about him? People should see you unashamedly saying, I'm a house of God. Jesus walks with me. Now you might look and you might say, well, I don't want to be weird and awkward. Then don't be weird and awkward about it. But just be confident and bold with it. Just look and say the simple truth of what God has done. Just choose to say, I must look different now. Why? Because I got God with me. And I bet that's going to help some people to see. You see, there will be a day where there is no separation from God. And we will be so, so near to him. But man, there's some people today that need to see that they can be close to him in this life here and now. Third thing is this. Realize who needs you. I've already been hinting towards this. But realize who needs you. If you are someone who reads Psalm 23 and it's easy for you to look and say, God, thank you that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You better realize who needs you. You better look and say, God, who needs me today? You see, following Jesus is not about us. It's not about us. Once we've realized it, we've stepped into that peace, guess what we should have a burden for? For others to know it. For others to see it. For others to step into that relationship. Man, following Jesus is not about I, you, and we. It's about them. It's about the people who we need to reach. It's about the people who are not near to him. The blessing of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is to go out and help others to see. You see, for David at the time when he was writing this in Psalm 23, this is a little bit of like, I'm kind of a Bible nerd about some things. So it's a little bit of a lean-in moment. When he's writing Psalm 23, his understanding of the dwelling place of the Lord is the temple. It's the tabernacle. It's the tent of meeting and these spaces and places where God's presence would be. And there would be individuals who would go in to plead on the behalf of the community. But we read in the Gospels that when Jesus died on the cross, that the veil was torn. And that God's spirit went out. And that God looked and he said, I no longer dwell in a singular space, but I'm going to go with them. Why? Because my son has washed their sins away. And I now am going with them, not just to make them feel good, but so they can go out with power as they help others to realize I wish to be near to them as well. It's the gift that Jesus has given to us. See, I just have to ask you, realize who needs you. Who at your work needs to see Jesus represented? Who in your family needs to see Jesus represented? What of your friends have you gotten to the spot where you look and say, man, I still want to be their friend so Jesus will stay on the sideline? Who in your life 
needs to have someone that walks in the room and they finally can point and they can say there's something different about what is going on in them. And the only thing you can point to is not a good job. It's not a good family. It's not anything that you can take credit for. It's just simply Jesus is with me. Who needs you? Who do you need to start telling God that he doesn't need to be on the sideline anymore when you're around? You see, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, I used to think about it. And I would think that it was a verse that was pointing towards a hope for tomorrow. I used to think that it was a verse that I would read and I would say, God, that will be glorious one day. But the reality is, it is a verse that points us to the job we have today. It is a verse that points to the job we have today. You see, can I just tell you this? There are people who do not realize they have a place they can stay. There are people who do not realize that God has looked at them and said, no matter what you have done, guess what? I invite you on the journey with me. You might look and you might say, man, no, 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 everybody has an opportunity to hear all these things. You're the opportunity. Let them hear let them see what can take place. You see, if you are a resident of the Lord's house, do not dishonor that privilege. Realize that you are an esteemed guest and an even more esteemed host's home. Like when you walk in, all you can do is say thank you. I don't know about you guys, I, I've had times where whether it was when I was growing up and I would stay at a friend's home, or if it was having opportunities in college, different things like that, where I'd go stay places. And I remember my mom and dad would always tell me, make sure that you're saying thank you. Make sure that you're saying thank you. And I'd go around, I'd just be saying thank you to them. Oh, thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for this. And I was trying to give honor to them for the fact of them just hosting. And then there would be an opportunity where so-and-so would never come over to that house and we're thinking about inviting, like, you gotta come over. It's the best house, it's the best place. They're the best people. We'll do that for others. Let's do that for God. Let's look and say, God, they, this house is so great. God, I just want them to realize it. I want them to step in. You see, the bottom line of today that I just hope you understand, I hope that you can hear this today, is that when you know whose house you're in, you realize there is room for more to stay. That you go into the house, you step into relationship with Jesus. And as you step into that relationship, you look and you say, this is so good. But it should draw us to look around and to start to say, why aren't there more people here though? And then you go out and you start to see those people and you look and you just start to say, there's a place you can come to. There's a God that you can be with. There is a hope that you can experience. When you realize the depth of what he has done for you, it's not as easy to walk by people. It's not as easy to excuse. But rather we look and we just say, God, how can I extend an invitation today? God, I get to dwell in your house forever. How do I help them to see that too? We get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just the God of the universe 
that saw us and we made a mistake. We made a decision and we stepped out of the relationship. The God of the universe then looked and he said, I'm not going to hit the reset button. Why? Because they're worth it. And he looked and he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to solve it. We caused the problem and he brought the solution. That's a good house to be in. And there are people in your lives that maybe you've even lost hope about them realizing that. Can I just tell you for their sake, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. You might have kids, you might have grandkids, you might have friends, coworkers, whoever it is, and you might look and you might say, they'll just never care about Jesus, but could you care for them to care about Jesus? Could you have a burden to look and to say, I want you just to realize this, and it might take time, but when you have tasted and seen how good it is, you won't stop until your last breath to make sure they have an opportunity. That's what dwelling in his house is. That's what being in his presence is. It's not, look at this big house where we get to enjoy so many things. It's God, this big house has more people that need to be here. So I just want to invite you, if you're able, just to stand with me. And I want to take a moment, I want to pray for us, whether you're in here, online, or in traditions. And it's simply just two things. Then we're going to respond in worship, but with every just eye closed, head bowed, it's not because it's more spiritual, it's not because it's just like, oh, this is the church thing to do, but it's for the privacy of the person next to you. It's us as individuals looking and saying, God, what are you calling me to? Earlier on in this message, I read Romans talking about how if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you will be saved. And for some of you today, you're hearing this message and you're thinking to yourself, I haven't even taken that step. I don't feel like I'm in the house yet. I don't feel like I'm walking with him yet, but I long for that. If that's you today, this is a holy opportunity to look and to say, God, I want to stay in your house. If that's you today in a moment, I'm just going to count to three and it's a chance for you to raise a hand. It's a physical sign of what inwardly you're deciding. Saying, Jesus, I want to walk with you. If that's you today, you're saying, I want to walk with him. I'm professing this right now. One, two, three. Just simply raise your hand right now. Jesus, we thank you right now. Just keep it there for a moment. No one's looking around. But I want you to remember this moment. I want you to remember this moment where you're lifting a hand up towards heaven and God is reaching back down to you and he is saying, I'm walking with you. Lord Jesus, right now, we just pray for those who are professing and saying, Jesus, I want to walk with you. Jesus, I want to dwell with you. Jesus, I want your Holy Spirit to walk with me. May you just wash over them in that moment, in this moment. Even just say to yourself or think it in your head, just Jesus, you are Lord. I want to serve you. He is with you today. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. The second group today is simply this. 
maybe even walking with Jesus, or you just accepted Jesus, and you're looking and you're saying, God, I need to stop asking you to be on the sidelines. God, I need to start making sure that when people see me, it's like Lumen Field for the Seahawks. They see me and they know that person walks with Jesus. And God, I will do whatever I can to help people to know that you are wanting to be with them. If today you're saying, Jesus, let's start walking together in every moment, every situation. You're not on the sideline anymore. On the count of three, just raise a hand. One, you want him with you. Two, he's going to be right there. Three, if that's you, just raise a hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just pray right now for those who are raising a hand of commitment, who are saying, Jesus, you're not on the sideline anymore. God, I just pray. I pray that August 6th at 11.35 be a moment they do not forget when they stepped from this place and they said, Jesus, you are before me in all things. God, I pray for them to have moments this year that they are able to help bring loved ones to know you, that they are able to have friends who come to know you, that Jesus, there's people even on their minds in this moment that they're thinking of, that they're saying they need to know the goodness of Jesus. God, I just pray you give them the boldness and the strength and the empowerment of your spirit to step out and to see heaven filled with more people who know you. Jesus, wash over them. God, you go before them. And Lord, I pray for each and every single one of us that as we hear your word this morning, it does not return void, but it goes before us and you help us all to love and to honor you well in every way possible. God, we just thank you in this moment. In your name, amen, amen. Can we just clap and thank the Lord for what he's doing this morning in the lives of people. Man, right now what we're gonna do is we're gonna worship. We're gonna praise him for the glory of what he's doing. If you're online, your hosts are there. If you're in traditions, you guys are gonna worship together. But right now, do not forget what you have committed to today and the God who is committed to walk with you. Let's praise him this morning.